Good morning, everyone. I'm Ed McCauley, President and Vice Chancellor of the University of Calgary. I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Blackfoot Confederacy, comprising the Sika, Bakani, and Kanai First Nations, as well as the Susina First Nation and the Stony Nakoda, including the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley First Nations. And the city of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. It's again my pleasure and privilege to welcome these ministers to our campus here at the University of Calgary. Minister Crumping is, of course, no stranger. We are in his riding, the Calgary Varsity. And Minister Nicolades is another familiar face. We appreciate their support and their partnership. I'd also like to welcome a friend and former colleague, Dr. Brenda Helmogard from the University of Alberta, a friend to many here at the University of Calgary. Our province is very fortunate to have two of Canada's foremost schools of medicine. The University of Calgary is proud to partner with the government, Alberta Health Services, and the University of Alberta. Physicians trained here in Alberta don't just treat Albertans. They help our province maintain its leadership position in life sciences, health, and medicine. So today's announcement is very exciting, but it is not my announcement to make. For that, I would like to invite Minister Dimitrios Nicolades, Minister of Advanced Education and MLA for Calgary Bow to the microphone for more details about today's important news. Minister? Well, good morning, uh, everyone. And uh, Ed, thank you so much for the introduction. and. Uh, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to make this uh, important announcement today. Uh, thank you as well to Dr. Todd Anderson, Dean of the Cumming School of Medicine, for joining us. And uh, as President McCauley mentioned, thank you as well to Dr. Uh, Brenda Hemelgarn for being here, uh, Dean of the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry from the University of Alberta. And as well, a big thanks to my colleague, um, uh, Minister Jason Copping, of course, uh, MLA for Calgary Varsity and, and Minister of Health. Uh, thank you immensely for being here today. So I'm, I'm really excited to be here today to talk a little bit more about uh, our government's plans to work with our post-secondary institutions to help strengthen our health uh, sector. As you may remember, in Budget 2022, Alberta's government announced a, his, a historic investment of $171 million over three years to create 10,000 new post-secondary spaces in high-demand programs. There are many programs in Alberta and including uh, right here at the University of Calgary where sometimes it can be quite difficult to get in due to high demand. Speaking very recently with President McCauley, I understand that the university often turns away many qualified applicants due to limited space. However, the government's plans to add 10,000 more spaces will help address some of those challenges. As we have uh, created these new seats, one of the key areas of priority and focus was in healthcare. In fact, almost 30 million of those dollars was allocated last year to create 2,400 new spaces in healthcare-related programs. We created more seats in nursing programs, in paramedicine, and in healthcare aid, and in other areas. By making that investment, we are taking clear and proactive steps to ensure that we have enough doctors, nurses, and healthcare professionals both now and well into the future. In fact, due to this investment from last year, we are, Alberta is no longer projecting a shortage of healthcare aides, and the projected shortage of nurses has been reduced by half. However, more action must be taken, and we must get precise about addressing some of the very unique and specific healthcare challenges in our province. One of those challenges is a shortage of healthcare professionals in our rural communities. And so today, I'm very pleased to be able to take a step forward in training more doctors where they are needed most in our rural and remote communities. I am very pleased to announce a new investment of 
to explore the development of two regional health training centers, one in Grand Prairie and one in Lethbridge. As of right now, we have two incredibly uh, incredible medical schools in Alberta, as uh, President McCauley mentioned, one of course right here at the University of Calgary and one in Edmonton at the University of Alberta. Both of these medical schools have already been taking incredible steps to help educate more healthcare professionals in our rural communities, whether it's by setting aside seats for rural applicants in particular, or by encouraging and offering shadowing opportunities or elective rotations in rural Alberta. So that being said, there is no um, uh, substitute to local training. The funds will be used by the University of Alberta, the University of Calgary, the University of Lethbridge, and Northwestern Polytechnic in Grand Prairie to support collaboration and planning. Our two established medical schools at the U of A and the U of C will lead the planning effort to explore a new model that will ultimately increase training of rural physicians. This includes exploring the feasibility of delivering training through the regional health centers in Lethbridge and Grand Prairie, as I noted. This plan would also propose and detail hands-on learning opportunities to be delivered and made available in these regional training hubs. We know that these types of opportunities lead to greater recruitment and retention of healthcare workers. Research shows very clearly that when students train closer to home, they are more likely to stay in that region throughout their entire careers. That is why we are looking to create pathways for physicians to receive high quality medical education in regional centers close to home. So in closing, today's investment is just one piece of our government's larger strategy to improve our healthcare system, which includes historic investments in healthcare and targeted seat expansion in healthcare-related programs at our post-secondary institutions. Alberta has the best frontline healthcare workers in the world, and we will work to have the rights and supports in place to ensure Albertans can get the care they need when they need it. Together, along with uh, this important step and other steps that Alberta Health has taken, this plan will create an, a solid and strong foundation for physicians to work in our rural and remote communities. Every Albertan deserves access to high quality, timely health care no matter where they live. I look forward to seeing more details about this model from the, uh, from the four institutions as they work together. This important planning work that we will begin today will benefit communities across the province and Alberta families for years to come. Thank you very much. Thank you, Minister Nicolades for that really exciting announcement. Um, I'd now like to invite Minister Jason Copping, Minister of Health and MLA for Calgary Varsity, to say a few words. Minister? Thank you, Ed, and uh, welcome everyone to, uh, to Calgary Varsity. It is a truly a pleasure to be here so, so close to home. I uh, didn't have to travel so far this morning. Um, and I want to also thank, uh, you know, Dr. Anderson, Dr. Hemelgaard for, for being here, uh, making the trip. And, and a special thanks to uh, my, uh, my colleague, uh, Dimitrios, uh, Minister Nicolades, for this announcement. Uh, this is incredibly important. So as, as you know, the pandemic has had a tremendous impact on the health workforce across country, across Canada and, and other countries around the world. And that very much includes physicians. So I'm pleased to see it hasn't impacted the overall supply. Uh, in fact, we continue to see growth in the number of physicians who choose to work here in Alberta. Uh, in fact, Alberta gained 254 physicians in 2022 uh, for a total of 11,407 physicians in the province. That's a record number of physicians registered here in Alberta. But it's been a very tough three years for physicians. But I think we're turning the corner. Alberta historically has been one of the best places in Canada, the best place in Canada to practice medicine. 
and we're working very hard to keep it that way. We still have a lot of work to do, though, because the overall supply is not the only issue. We need more physicians, and in particular, we need them in smaller communities where it's harder to recruit them and harder to keep them. And the best way, as, as I mentioned by Minister Nicolaitis, the best way to recruit people to the place you want them to work is to train them there. And that's true for all health professionals, and so we're acting on it. Uh, we recently announced a new first-of-its-kind program for RNs in Wainwright. Uh, this is you know, sponsored by the University of Calgary, uh, where uh, uh, nurses apply to the UC program, uh, do the program online, uh, and then do their on-the-job training in the Wainwright Hospital. Uh, and, uh, and so that is proving successful, and we're looking at expanding that. And now we're moving forward uh, with this announcement, planning for new satellite programs to train doctors outside of our two fantastic uh, med schools in Edmonton and in Calgary. Our faculties of medicine have taken some good steps in this direction before. This is not new. Historically, they've had programs in place for residency training in rural family medicine in Grand Prairie, Red Deer, Medicine Hat, and Lethbridge. The U of A had a program like that in Fort McMurray, and we're working with them to bring it back. Uh, those are great initiatives by universities in partnership with our healthcare system. And this plan that we're announcing today will build on that and go further, establishing seats in the training programs outside of Edmonton and Calgary. And this is just one part of a much larger picture of how we are addressing workforce challenges, particularly physician shortages in rural areas. One of the goals of our healthcare action plan is to create a healthcare system that attracts more healthcare professionals to Alberta. So work is continuing on multiple fronts. Through our new agreement with the Alberta Medical Association, there are financial increases for family physicians and targeted spending on rural physician recruitment and retention. The agreement includes over $750 million in new funding to stabilize the health system, $260 million in new spending over four years for communities and specialities facing recruitment and retention issues, and $40 million in lump sum increases to support primary health care. We have a strong focus on primary health care in our new agreement with the AMA, and a major new initiative is underway to improve and modernize Alberta's primary health care system. We are also exploring undergraduate and postgraduate medical education seat expansion. More opportunities for medical education and additional opportunities for international medical graduates. There's also great work happening outside of the government. The College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta, for example, has just announced a pilot project to shorten the time for applicants with appropriate training in other countries to get licensed here. And the two nursing colleges are doing the same kind of work to streamline licensing for internationally educated nurses or IENs. And finally, I want to touch briefly on a health workforce strategy that is currently under development and quite frankly is also underway. It will bring all of our commitments together that we've already made into one plan to strengthen our health, health workforce and talk about what we plan to do in the future. It will identify actions to retain and support Alberta's healthcare workers, attract healthcare workers we need, and grow the workforce to create capacity to educate and train the workforce of the future. The strategy will also involve actions to strengthen the approaches we use to understand and prepare for the long-term healthcare needs of Albertans and evolve and adapt ways that our healthcare workers deliver care so we can have a sustainable workforce for the future. More information on the health workforce strategy will be coming soon. As you can see, things are in motion to address rural physician shortages and health workforce challenges more broadly. We're taking concrete action to address the challenges that lie before us, and we'll take whatever steps are required to ensure that Albertans have access to the care they need when and where they need it. None of this work can be done without the efforts of all our stakeholders. So I'd like to acknowledge everyone who has invested time in planning or has reached out and spoken with us or written to share their struggles. These insights have and will continue to propel our work to improve our healthcare system. And once again, thank you to the doctors, nurses, emergency medical services team, and all the other healthcare professionals for showing those interested in pursuing careers in healthcare that Alberta is a great place to work. We know there isn't just one solution to address the challenges we face, but today is a promise of more things to come. And I look forward to seeing what we can accomplish together. So once again, Minister Nicolaitis, thank you so much for making this investment. Thank you to the U of A and the U of C uh, for changing the way we, uh, we deliver uh, uh, training so we can expand uh, 
uh, our, our, the number of physicians in our workplace, in our workforce, particularly in rural Alberta, ensure that Albertans get the health care where and when they need it. Thank you. Thank you, Minister Kamping, for that, for that overview and for your actions on dealing with the present day issues that we're facing, but also the future issues that the province of Alberta is facing. I'd now like to invite Dr. Todd Anderson, my colleague, Dean of the Cummings School of Medicine, to say a few words. Todd? Thank you, President McCauley. My real pleasure to be here. Uh, I would like to start by thanking uh, Minister Nicolaides and Minister Copping and this very exciting announcement that we have today. This creates the possibilities of change and something that we're deeply uh, important and passionate for us. I've had the privilege of being the Dean of the Cummings School of Medicine for about the last six months. I trained at this medical school a very long time ago and I'm deeply uh, passionate about change and how we can do better for healthcare. Creating the future of health, that's the vision statement that's on my wall in our strategic plan and this is something we take very seriously. Great healthcare systems require a partnership not only between the government and the healthcare providers, Alberta Health Services, but also our post-secondary institutions, universities and colleges to create new trainees to fill the needs that we have. Over the last number of years, as everyone has heard, is that we've had issues with workforce and this is an acute need that we have now. It is not limited to Southern Alberta. It is something that we see in all parts of our country and has been exacerbated by the pandemic demographic realities and many other factors. And fixing it is not straightforward. If it was easy, we would have done that already. Our colleagues across the country would have done it. But there are initiatives that we're going to explore with this new funding mechanism across our province to see how our universities and college can be an important part of the solution, working with Alberta Health Services and our government of Alberta. At the University of Calgary, we're very excited in terms of our mandate of looking after the people, not only of Calgary, but Southern Alberta and the Indigenous communities that reside there. I look forward to working with our colleagues, particularly at the University of Lethbridge, for a Southern Alberta solution, but we're going to work across the province, as you'll hear from my esteemed friend and colleague, Dr. Brenda Hamelgarn. There will be solutions put forward to address the health care issues that we have around workforce planning. We currently offer training for our rural final year medical students and residents, and we have a great program in both the South and the North. What we'd like to do now is to increase that, to increase the number of preceptors and the number of students who would find a home training rurally and having the infrastructure to support all of those individuals. And as you heard from the ministers, is that we will focus our consultation on the regional clinical training centers. Think of these as clinical hubs, starting one in Lethbridge, one in Grand Prairie, where we will have preceptors, clinicians, who will be looking after patients. So thousands of patients will be paneled and rostered there while they're receiving patient-centric care in their medical home, is we will have opportunities for more residents to train. We will have opportunities for more medical students to train and in a multidisciplinary model as we will embed nurse practitioners and social workers and other allied professionals that Dr. Himmelgarn will talk about even further. I think this is a great opportunity. The best model needs to be explored and that's what the monies will be used for for this consultative process. We will also explore new pathways. How do we create medical students who want to work and train and stay rurally? If you're from Calgary, as an example, and you grew up here and your family's here, you may be inclined to stay here. So we will look at pathways with respect to who do we accept into medical school, how do we train them, where do we train them, what does their training look like with respect to their residency. And as you've heard already, is that the best data that we have is that 75% of students who train rurally will stay rurally. So everything we're looking at with this partnership across our province is to figure out the best model to have more of our students train in those areas so that they stay there to address the workforce concerns that we have in rural Alberta and the Indigenous communities. Well-supported medical training is absolutely imperative to meeting the growing demands of our healthcare system. We cannot do it alone. 
but the universities are an important part of that solution, and we're very excited by this opportunity. As I said, if we can train people locally, then they will stay locally. So thank you for the opportunity, and I'll turn it back to Dr. McCauley. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. And now I'm pleased to invite Dr. Brenda Hemmelgarn, the Dean of the University of Alberta Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry, to say a few words. Dr. Hemmelgarn? Thank you, President McCauley. And my thanks as well to my colleague and friend, Dr. Todd Anderson, and to the Honorable Ministers Jason Copping and Demetrius Nicolades. As Dean of the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Alberta, it's my great pleasure to join you today for this special announcement. And today, with the help of this generous funding, we will do, as we've already heard Drs. Anderson and, and Ministers Nicolades and Copping say, we are going to reinvent our training programs to ensure that we have the type of training programs that best meet the needs of our rural communities. Our mandate at the University of Alberta is to serve the needs of not just our cities, but particularly all of Alberta, and particularly for us at the University of Alberta to serve Northern Alberta. This is written right into our faculty's vision and mission statements, and it's a core component of our values. We are committed to expanding our reach to rural communities and Indigenous communities, many of which are in the most remote locations in our province. And we'll be able to make this vision a reality. And to do that, though, we need several things to happen. We need to continue to build our strong collaborative relationships with those that already exist in these communities. And we need to provide as many opportunities as we can to our brilliant future health leaders from across all disciplines to study and learn and build their practices embedded right within those communities where they will be practicing and training. At the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Alberta, we've made steady progress in these areas over the past several years. We've got a dedicated team at the Office of Rural and Regional Health that has invested many hours in expanding the array of rural learning opportunities for our medical students and residents at all stages of their education. A point of particular pride is our 42-week rural integrated community clerkship that our third year students do where they truly are embedded within the communities that they train in. As Dean, I also meet regularly with rural physicians in Alberta through our rural council. We're always looking for ways to support them and importantly to learn from them about how we can better train our residents and our clerks in those rural settings. And our existing connections with our partners in Grand Prairie is also very strong. And I know we'll continue to work on that more, especially with the funding that was just announced today as we continue to expand and grow our rural training programs in these regional hubs in particular. So I'm really looking forward to working closely with Northwestern Polytechnic, the University of Alberta, the, the University of Calgary, and the University of Lethbridge in this initiative. So this funding will be key to bringing all of that much closer to our most ambitious goals. And with this support, we will have a true pan-provincial initiative in the training of these individuals. And not just for physicians, these will be multidisciplinary training sites that will also include nurses and nurse practitioners, uh, pharmacists, to name but a few. And that is our vision, a vision of equitable access to all Albertans to primary care. So thank you again, and now please welcome President McCauley back to the podium. Thank you, Dr. Hemelgarn. Well, this is a very exciting announcement and quite an exciting day and launching uh, some new collaborations. Thank you again, ministers, for your increased su support for our, our coming School of Medicine and the School of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Alberta. Together, we're going to train more physicians to meet Alberta's growing need. The University of Calgary and the University of Alberta are great research universities. Every day, we produce the talent and the ideas that are leading to a prosperous future for Alberta and higher quality of life. We collaborate extensively to help Alberta, and this is another example of what we do together to support the province. And now what I'd like to do is to turn over to Sam Blackett, the Press Secretary of Advanced Education, to handle any questions. Sam, over to you. Thank you. 
We'll now begin the media Q&A portion of the event. Uh, for those reporters in the room, there is a mic just to the left of the cameras here. Uh, if you want to make your way up to the mic, we'll begin with on-topic questions here in person. Uh, so we'll go to the first person we have the mic. If you could please state your name and outlet, and we'll be doing one question and one follow-up. Hi there, Michael King, Global News for the Minister. Um, so we're talking about exploration, a million dollars. Is there funding in the budget if this exploration is successful to actually follow through with this plan? And what sort of success measures would you need to see during exploration to actually see that this would work? Sure. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I can't talk about what's what's in the budget until the, the budget has been made available on February 28th. So stay tuned. Uh, come and chat with me again on February 28th and we can talk a little bit more. Um, but yeah, what we have right now, of course, as you mentioned, is a million dollars uh, to explore the, the feasibility of this uh, proposal. And, um, and, you know, I think that um, the, the key benchmarks that we're looking for are to see the, uh, the, the ability to, to train and recruit. This is, this is the primary purpose. You know, as was mentioned, uh, folks who train in, in uh, usually stay in their community. About 75% of folks that, that train in a particular location stay there. So um, we'll, we'll be working very carefully with the, the University of Calgary, the University of Alberta, and the others to, to help them explore this, right? It, it, I think it's a, it's a really exciting model. I think there's an incredible amount of, of possibility of success and access to greater healthcare training opportunities for, for Albertans in different corners of the province. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll take the lead from them to explore it and to see that if it's something that all four institutions uh, get on board with and believe that there's some viability here. Okay, and for Minister Copping? Minister, what do you say to the residents of rural Alberta that have seen their urgent care centers be closed for hours, days on end, um, because of a lack of staffing? Not so much doctors, we know that they're there, but the additional support staff. What do you say to them that don't want to see an exploration that might lead to training, that might lead to doctors down the road? They want to see results now. So, I say to them, help us on the way. Uh, you know, this is just one piece of a much broader strategy. Uh, and I call this piece as sort of the, the longer-term strategy, right? Because um, it's going to take time to, to get the, the program set up, to get the, the doctors trained. Um, you know, I, I, the, uh, Dr. Hemmelgaard or Dr. Anderson can speak to how long it actually, you know, start, start med school, get to the process. But we're, we're talking a six- to eight-year year period uh, to be able to do this. But that's, that's a long-term strategy. But if you don't start, you'll never get there. So this is a piece of that. We also have, you know, medium-term and shorter-term strategy. And, and uh, Minister Nicolaitis, again, thanks thanks to you uh, for your work on expanding, because uh, you mentioned this, it's not just doctors, it's, it's, it's nurses, it's other healthcare professionals, expanding those programs, um, you know, in budget 2022, uh, over 2,000 seats. And those are, just so we're clear, around the entire province. It's not just here in Calgary and Alberta. And some of the programs like the U of C uh, running their, uh, their their program in Wainwright in terms of, and that's happening right now, uh, and I met these, these uh, young adults who are in the program, they are doing online the nursing program and they're doing the hands-on in the Wainwright Hospital and local areas. So you know, we are moving forward and, and that's gonna be a shorter time frame because certain programs like healthcare aides and LPNs take a shorter amount of time, nurses are still, still four years, but that's happening right now, and, and immigration. We are leveraging newcomers um, who want to come to uh, the province, healthcare workers, uh, nurses, um, IMGs, uh, for example, in, in Lethbridge. You know, over the past year, 17 IMGs coming to Lethbridge to be able to support that. So we know that there is a shortage. Uh, we know that we need to staff our rural hospitals. That's because it's impacting services. Um, we, you know, we've already taken action. Uh, and we're going to continue to take more action, and I'm looking forward to announce our, you know, not all of the stuff that we've already done, but the stuff that's coming down the pipe uh, in terms of our health human resource strategy. Uh, but help is on the way. I, I, I had the opportunity to travel the province uh, this summer and in, in this fall as well. Um, spoke with uh, over uh, 1,100 people who were, you know, healthcare workers, uh, people representing patients, you know, on, on, on advisory committees, and heard loud and clear that we need staff, uh, and let's work together. Uh, to do that and one of the big things we heard is let's train local and hire local and so this is steps us on that path uh, but we've already we've already started walking down it with budget 2022 uh, and we're going to continue to keep the work up until we can fill those positions uh, both short medium and and long term and we'll go to the next question in the room if you could just state your name and outlet please 
Hi, Anne Levasseur, RDI, Radio-Canada. Um, I'll ask in English, if you can do a bit of both, in English and French, that would be much appreciated. Um, so this is really more of a long-term solution. Um, if you can give us a bit of a picture of where like, are the most challenges right now in terms of, of having doctors in a rural area and what will be done short-term, because like it was mentioned in the previous question, people kind of need doctors now and they need their emergency room to work now. Yeah, so, so I will um, actually, I'll try offline uh, maybe we can do offline in terms of the French. Excuse, says this. The uh, but in terms of the um, you know uh, where are the challenges? Um, it's it's different locations across the uh, across the province, right? So for example, um, I'll take an example where there isn't a doctor challenge. Cold Lake, uh, we have enough physicians. We don't have enough nurses there, right? Uh, other locations uh, like Lethbridge, we talked about before in terms of you know challenge in terms of the uh, the number of family physicians there. Uh, we also have shortages in uh, in anesthesiologists. Uh, Red Deer, for example, we have challenges there, and other locations across the uh, across the province. So it, it depends on, on on each location. Uh, you know, one thing that we you know we talked to talk to uh, healthcare professions professionals. Uh, you know, having you know challenges in rural areas is not new. It's been around for a long time. The pandemic has actually made it worse, right? People who, you know, worked very hard, and, and again, thanks to all the healthcare workers for continuing to work through the pandemic. Um, but they're basically saying, okay, um, I'm ready to retire, um, and they're retiring faster than they otherwise would have, and we're having challenges replacing them. And, and partly because, and this is not an Alberta phenomenon. This is a Canadian ph phenomenon. Actually, this is a phenomenon that we're seeing in other uh, developed OECD nations at the same time. So that's why we're we're taking a you know multiple approaches. You know, doing something like this program will actually help solve the problem. So we're not there long term, uh, but it's going to take some time. Um, so the additional training, uh, but we need to. If if you don't start now, you're never going to solve it. So so this is an important step and a critical step. Shorter term is is uh, le leveraging um, uh, international graduates who are who are ready to go, and then working to reduce this. The certification process. So I mentioned in my remarks the the College of Physicians and Surgeons. You know for uh, uh, IMGs coming from certain countries uh, that they can move in, uh, you know, go through the practice assessment as opposed to six months and three months and actually be certified and get working right away. So that, that already change is happening. We're looking at streamlining the process with for nurses, internationally trained nurses. Again, Minister Nicolaides and I uh, made an announcement in September, and again, thanks to you. Uh, but in terms of IENs, not only streamlining the certification process, um, but for many who come in who are can be certified right away as an LPN, uh, but we're trained as a registered nurse, a bridging program. So expanded funding for bridging programs so that it's only a uh, nine month uh, program, they get in and start working as an RN right away. So that speeds up, um, speeds up the entire process. And it's also scope of practice. So we recognize that we can leverage, uh, we, the, we, we recognize there's an opportunity to leverage the people we already have, and we're doing that. So we look at pharmacists, for example. They, they can do a portion of what your family doctor, not a small portion, don't get me wrong, but they can do that. And so we've seen, uh, for example, Loblaws move forward with a uh, pharmacy-led family uh, clinics so that you can come in and then look at, do a review of, of, uh, of the, you know, the drugs that people, people are taking and in, in certain, certain circumstances, circumstances uh, they can actually uh, renew, renew prescriptions so they don't have to see a family doctor. So we're doing all of this uh, and, there's, and, we're, and there's more coming, I can tell you right now, um, but we're going to have to wait for budget and our, uh, our healthcare strategy. And we'll go to our next question here in person. If you could state your name and outlet, please. Yes. Laurence Brisson-Dubreuil with Radio-Canada. Uh, so, of course, with this latest announcement, I'm sure Albertans across the province are wondering what are the results of previous initiatives announced. Uh, so, namely, the Reside, uh, the Reside experience, which uh, has now been launched a year ago. So, I'm wondering if you could provide just some insight as to how, what the progress has been in terms of this particular initiative. Yeah, so we're going to have to get back to you on the details of Reside. So my office will get back to you on that. Um, we, we launched Reside, uh, as you uh, may know, uh, initially. Uh, we've had fairly tight criteria uh, in, with, with certain locations, and we didn't get the applications that we wanted. Um, so we had one person that we actually, uh, and, and we're looking for 20 a year. Um, now, that was based on input that we had, um, saying this is going to work. It didn't work, but 
that's okay. It's you need to learn from it. So we actually changed the criteria, but uh, uh, made it much more wide open to be able to do that. I haven't got the exact details on that, so I'll have to get back to you on it. And we've added additional money to uh, to that program as well as part of our AMA deal uh, to go forward because we know we need to. Uh, uh, attract doctors, uh, incent doctors to go to the areas where there's a particular shortage. Uh, reside is one way, to, uh, one way to do that. So I'll have to get back to you on the details. But the, the, you know, the, the, the message I want to leave you with, we are going to keep working until we get it right. And you know, the worst thing to do is not do anything. So we, let's put in a program. Uh, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, keep modifying and we're going to keep going until we get the results that we need. And, and I can tell you that we have, we're having some success continuing to grow the number of doctors in the province. You know, Q4 uh, this year, the CPSA put a report, an additional 254 doctors. Don't get me wrong, we still need more, but we're having success, uh, success. we're growing it, we just need to continue to grow it, and then look at other approaches uh, in terms of delivering, um, uh, uh, delivering care, particularly primary care, uh, and on a team-based model. And this is, you know, what uh, the, the the uh, deans both spoke, spoke to it's it's not just about the doctors it's about having a team-based approach so we can be more efficient in providing care and get better health care outcomes okay so i'll get back to you for those for those specifics yeah. about the reside but yeah. just as a sidebar i'd like to know um so you have spoken uh about of course the increase of number of physicians that have come to alberta in the in the last year uh so i'm wondering what this uh so what the number of physicians if practicing in rural alberta um accounts for when you look at the total count of physicians across the province? Yeah, so it, so it is a, a smaller, obviously a smaller amount, right? And this is one of the challenges that we're having in terms of uh, family physicians. The, uh, sorry, I'm just... No problem. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get back to you on the, on the exact number on that. Okay, but no problem. It, it is a smaller amount, and, and, and even though we have a growth in physicians, it's not always in the right places, but this is why this program's important. You know, train, lo train local, hire local, as well as, you know, AHS is doing a significant amount of work in terms of sponsoring international medical graduates in rural areas, um, and, and then through those programs to keep them there, and hopefully they'll stay there uh, after they, they land. Thank you. And I believe we still have more questions here in person, so we'll go to the next. If you could state your name and outlet, please. Radio-Canada. Uh, I know you said that uh, studies show that students who study close to their region are more likely to stay there after and work there, uh, but you've been criticized in the past for having kind of bad relationships with uh, physicians. Do you have any more initiative to keep them and uh, to make them stay in the province just like in, in general? So I was very pleased that we actually reached an agreement with the AMA and it was ratified by over 70% of, of doctors. And the agreement is, is, is based on three principles. You know, the, uh, the first is partnership, that we recognize that we need to work together to solve some of these issues, right? Uh, and then part of those agreements include increasing funding, um, you know, uh, particularly in regards to recruitment and retention uh, uh, for doctors in, in rural areas. And it also includes uh, a focus on family physicians. So increasing the funding and, and, and for family physicians. So it's, it's, it's partnership working together. It is stability, so increased funding to be able to attract and retain it. And I fully appreciate when there wasn't an agreement in place, and, and you know, uh, doctors for the vast majority of them um, are all private businesses. And if they're, 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 their source of revenue is based on you know, the, the, the patients that they see and, and what they're going to make. And it's hard for them to, when they don't know what their source of revenue is going to be for a period of time to make an investment uh, in the province. We have that now. And quite frankly, our doctors uh, are some of the best paid in the entire country. Uh, and then and the, and the, last, the last aspect of this agreement is innovation. We know that we need to look at different models of compensation. And so as part of it, we're going to work together on that. So it's not just a fee-for-service model because we, we know that some... Uh, graduates from med schools, they don't want to run a business. You know, they just want to work as a doctor. Um, the the fee-for-service doesn't may not work for them. So we're looking at alternate methods of pay. Um, and we already have some examples in the country, or sorry, in the province, to be able to, to do that in rural areas as well. So alternate methods of pay to be able to attract doctors uh, to the province. We have a competitive uh, rate of pay for that. We have stability now, so I, I am, and, and we're actually, you know, attracting more doctors in, uh, 254 more. We still need more, but, you know, we have the basis through the AMA agreement, and we're going to continue to work on it. And it looks like we have one more in-person here, so name and outlet, please. My question is off-topic, though. Go for it. Okay. 
<laughs> Minister Copping, let's go up here. When it comes to the question of any active investigations into Public Health Act violations being prosecuted by Alberta Health Services, what information has the Premier's office asked you for about these investigations and what information did you provide? So, sorry, can you just, in regards to the prosecutions? So, so the prosecutions are, is in regard, you know, prosecutions are, are led by um, uh, the prosecution's office. And I think the, the Premier has already uh, spoken to that issue in regards to, you know, no one's from the Premier's office has reached out to the prosecution, uh, prosecute, prosecutor's office. There were no emails in that regard. Uh, and she made a statement on that yesterday. Okay, just to clarify on that point, what information has the Premier's office asked you about these investigations? About the investigations that are being prosecuted? Uh, uh, none to my knowledge, right, okay. in, ter in, terms of, in terms of that. That's all runs through the uh, uh, Solicitor General's office and the, uh, as, the, as the Premier indicated. Okay, and follow-up, uh, what advice or information has the Premier sought from your office about doctors who ran afoul of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta for prescribing ivermectin for COVID-19. Yeah, so the, 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 my understanding of there was, you know, there has been some conversations in regards to, um, you know, the, the broader conversation in regards to amnesty. Now, that, my, that was primarily with the, uh, the Solicitor General's office, um, and the Premier already spoke to that. Um, she received advice in regards to the... Um, the uh, Solicitor General's office that you know, this is not something that uh, you know can be done in the uh, in the province of Alberta and has listened to that advice. Thank you. Uh, we'll now go over to the phones operator. If you could put through the first caller, please. Alex McQuaid, Western producer. Thanks. Um, I guess my first question is regarding uh, kind of the timeline. Uh, the Alberta government is investing $1 million to explore ways at what point will, uh, you know, a conclusion be made? What was the timeline for, you know, what exploration period and what time period? What's the goal when? Sorry, you're just cutting out a, a bit there. I just wanted to clarify, you're asking about the timeline for these centers and uh, the ultimate goal of these, correct? Uh, well, yeah, just uh, you're spending dollars to explore ways um, to better benefit, better train. What's the timeline for us? Like, when is that exploration going to end? And when, when is uh, action going to end? Uh, sure, sure. I'll, I'll try to answer, but if you want to follow up with me afterwards, um, happy to, because it's still a little bit difficult to hear. Uh, I, I think w part of your question was around the timeline and, and when do we hope to be able to to have this uh, um, kind of work completed. Um, you know, I, 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 we, I haven't given the universities a specific timeline uh, by which to have this work done. Um, of course, want to encourage them to take the necessary time that's required to explore with uh, their partners in Lethbridge and Grand Prairie. Um, and, uh, and and take the time that is needed. Um, but uh, happy to turn the floor over to uh, President McCauley and or the deans um, who uh, are on the ground working through this if they have any anything to add as it relates to timelines. And furthermore, if you want to follow up with me on the second part of your question offline, I'd be happy to address it. It's just a little difficult to hear you. Thank you, Minister. Um, with respect to the timelines, there's actually been a considerable amount of work that's underway. As, as Dr. Anderson had said, this isn't new. Um, we've had rural, rural um, types of programs in the past. This funding will be used to specifically look at these regional training hubs and um, how to best operationalize and, um, and, and the governance and related structures within them and to ensure that we have the proper engagement with key stakeholders as well during this period of time with the local communities, with uh, the physicians in the communities, with allied healthcare in the communities because that's where these, these students will be training is in those communities. So it's for stakeholder engagement as well. 
Um, and so uh, with these funds, we'll be working um, over the course of the next few months and within, um, by mid end of April, we'll actually have a, a report completed to provide back to the ministers with some recommendations with respect to these training hubs. And again, working very closely with our partners at Northwestern uh, Polytechnique, as well as the University of Lethbridge. Perfect. Thank you for that question. If you want to follow up as well, you can find my email in the news release. Uh, operator, are you able to put through the next caller, please? Kyle Moore, Kicks FM. Hi there. Uh, my question uh, here is for uh, Minister Nicolaitis. Uh, certainly the peace region up here in the northwestern part of the province is, uh, has seen quite a few of our communities dealing with uh, shortages of uh, doctors and those kinds of things. By uh, kind of getting the plans in place to try and get a training center, if you will, in Grand Prairie. How can that uh, ultimately address some of the shortages that we've seen in our region here? Yeah, well, I think uh, uh, one of the important pieces uh, with uh, the regional training centers is, is uh, creating more access. That, that is the real foundation um, of the proposal and of the idea. Um, you know, if we can create more access opportunities uh, in different communities, we can uh, help recruit more individuals to study these various programs and then of course ultimately uh, stay in their respective communities. So the, the, the real critical part of this is fundamentally about access, opening up the doors to more training opportunities for physicians and, and other health, uh, health occupations and professions right in the local community without having to, uh, to move to go to Calgary, to go to Edmonton, but to be able to do that locally right at home. So that's, that's the real heart of this. And a follow-up. Yeah, as a uh, follow-up to that, uh, by having these uh, regional centers out there, will this uh, kind of help with uh, getting more uh, kind of sort of medical students coming from uh, rural communities uh, as a way to get sort of kind of more access, as you mentioned there? Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's an important objective indeed. Uh, if we're able to deliver uh, training opportunities in more, um, uh, more cities, more rural and remote communities in particular, uh, we can increase the number of, of um, individuals from those communities who are uh, ultimately trained as healthcare professionals, as doctors and others, um, and then subsequently, you know, stay in their respective communities, stay in their region, and, and practice at their skill level serving, serving their community members. So that, that's indeed the, one of the, the critical goals of this, yes. Thank you. Uh, operator, are you able to put through the next caller, please? Madeline Smith, Edmonton Journal. Hi there, this question is for Minister Popping. Uh, Minister, the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association put out a letter earlier this week um, talking about a crisis in healthcare and basically saying that the government has been uh, not acting quickly or has been um, inactive in, in addressing it, saying uh, they've been, that you have been putting in temporary stop gaps as uh, long-term solutions, essentially. So. Uh, what's your response to those criticisms and, uh, you know, what do you say about allegations that um, state of emergency rooms and care that they're able to provide is a safe point? Yeah, thanks for the question. And I appreciate the challenge that our system has been under, particularly uh, through the uh, through the, uh, the the late fall when we had, you know, RSV, covid and, uh, and the flu hit us all at the same time, and, and, and as well, you know, and that hit our, our children's hospitals, particularly CARD. Um, but I can say we are working very hard to address these issues. Uh, we continue to invest in capacity, um, you know, capacity including, you know, not only in terms of funding for uh, additional ICU beds, which we, we opened an additional 50 as part of Budget 2022. Uh, we continue to uh, in, invest in staff uh, in terms of hiring more staff. Um, you know, I can tell you that, you know, our focus as a government on, uh, uh, through uh, Dr. John Cowell as the official administrator to actually address the issues in terms of emergency department wait times. Uh, heck, we, we made it in a, uh, uh, an announcement a couple of weeks ago uh, in, uh, in Edmonton, uh, expanding the, the number of beds for individuals who are uh, homeless and temporary beds so they can actually move through our emergency uh, system uh, easier and, and you know and, and as you as you may recall that these beds were are, are focused on um, having you know homeless individuals a place to stay so once they've been been stabilized and going to the emergency department get out of the emergency department 
um, as opposed to staying there longer or back out on the street, uh, and then help provide them with uh, you know wraparound services, you know social workers uh, looking for um, uh, programs to get them you know uh, whether it be uh, uh, ACE or other supports, uh, you know helping them find a job, find long-term housing uh, associated with that, um, and this is all part of an you know alternate level of care to improve. Uh, our healthcare system, and I, and I can tell you that you know uh, I have uh, you know met with the AMA and the emergency doctors, um, a number of emergency doctors personally, uh, with AHS and Alberta Health, uh, continuing to uh, and AHS I can tell you is working with them directly in terms of how do we make improvements in our overall system, um, you know doing additional triage, um, you know secondary triage to be able to try to manage the demand uh, better, secondary triage within the emergency departments. So there is a ton of work. Uh, that is ongoing, and you know, so I appreciate that some of the stuff is we're, we're putting it to deal to deal with it right now. Um, some of these processes are going to be in place longer term, uh, and we're continuing to invest. There's another 600 million from Budget 22, and on top of the 600 million we've already put into the system to build capacity. and uh, And stay uh, stay tuned uh, for upcoming budget. More is coming. And did you have a follow up, Madeline? Yeah, thank you. Um, as well. This letter references um, healthcare worker burnout and moral distress over um, some of the things they've been seeing over the past three years and things that are still ongoing. Uh, how is the government specifically addressing that, or uh, do you believe that some of the things that you just referenced are, are going to um, help deal with that? Well, well, so it's partly it's it's doing all the things that we're, we're doing will we'll address that plus. And, and we know this, um, you know, it's, you know, AHS continues to provide uh, supports for staff, you know, mental health supports for staff, but also a big part of that is actually uh, more people. You know, it's, it's challenging to carry the load when you have, you know, where work that you should you need 10 people to do it and, and now you're down to eight because there's higher levels of uh, absenteeism, people are sick, you can't fill the lines. So we are hiring and we're continuing to hire now. And we do have more people uh, than we, we've had in our emergency departments, um, but we know we need more. So that's why you know a health human resource plan is critically important. That's why, once again, I, I thank Minister Nicolades for the work uh, and, and the, the med schools are doing and the, uh, the nursing schools to actually you know train more staff and hire more staff. We still need more, so we're doing that. But, but as we get a larger staff complement, um, we have more hands to share share, share the load, uh, and that's going to do uh, to help immensely. So, you know, we, we are putting in a lot a, a lot of work is being done right now to be able to uh, address the processes and improve the flow uh, to make it easier for our uh, our workforce. Uh, and we're continuing to hire and build capacity and expand capacity uh, to, to be able to address these issues for the long term. And operator, could you put through the next caller, please? Aaron Collins, CBC. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so all of this is it, it's pretty forward thinking, uh, but you said that it's just one one piece of the government's plan to address this shortage in, in rural doctors. Can you, can you tell me what's being done to address that shortage like right now, and specifically the shortage in maternity doctors, which is you know forcing a lot of rural moms and, and moms-to-be to travel a really long way to give birth? Yeah, so we continue to do work um, with our local program uh, and, and looking to expand that on the short term so that we can actually move doctors around the province where there is a shortage. Uh, in addition, um, uh, using international medical uh, graduates uh, and uh, getting them faster through the, through the process. So that is shorter term. Those are the issues and uh, um, that were, were you know, uh, or, or so those are the, the, um, the, uh, key uh, actions that we are taking to uh, to address those problems short term uh, and this is a longer term solution here because we actually understand that we need more doctors um, you know obstetrics um, uh, family physicians as well uh, across the province and, and uh, continue to invest in training them and so I guess follow up there uh, you know there, there's 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 women in the province right now that are that are that are very worried about this, right? That are pregnant right now, and, and we do keep hearing from you. And I get this is forward thinking, and that you know there, there are plans in the works. Say help is on the way. Wait for the budget. But I mean, what do you say to these women who you know it's not going to arrive soon enough? They're not feeling safe, and they're 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 going to have to travel to give birth because there just aren't enough doctors at their local hospital right now. Yeah. What so, do you say to them? 
Yeah, so I, I can tell them help is on the way. I appreciate it, it, that um, it's, it takes time to do that. So, I, but I, I my, you know, I, my hats off to uh, to AHS for you know doing a significant amount of work to ensure that uh, we can you know get locums to areas where, where we need it to continue to use um, uh, um, uh, sponsor uh, internationally trained doctors to be able to provide. Uh, services in these areas, and 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 I and I and I appreciate the, you know, some of the frustration that that Albertans are feeling, um, and this is a challenge that we're not only facing in this province, but quite frankly, is being faced uh, in uh, in uh, provinces across the country. Um, but we are working on it. Uh, it is improving. Uh, it's it take it's taking time, uh, but we will get there, and we're not going to stop in, until we get there. Thank you. Um, and operator, could we go to Alex from the Western Producer next, please? Uh, apologies, Alex, for not giving you a follow-up earlier. Alex, your line is open. Uh, thanks. Uh, and, uh, kind of building on that last uh, uh, question, I mean, uh, we're seeing we've got 30 uh, rural hospitals, more than 30 rural hospitals currently uh, experiencing some closures. We've got uh, Heartbeat, which has... Uh, its emergency room closed in April 2020. I mean, there is a real need now, and this project seems like it's long-term. I mean, can you give any details on what might be coming to it to alleviate some of the, the stresses right now? Yeah, so, so, so it, you know, we, there are a number of closures around the, pro, uh, the province. Some of them are, you know, for... Uh, for you know, evenings, you know, access to uh, emergency department care. Um, some of them are broader than that in terms of services, and it depends on each location. And, and we appreciate that. And I heard that loud and clear uh, when uh, traveling across the province that you know we need the healthcare staff uh, to be able to provide the services that we committed to, and we are committed to providing those services. So uh, again, um, we are you know focusing on using you know internationally trained nurses. Uh, for example, if it's where it's a, a nursing a nursing shortage, uh, we are continuing to train uh, and <clears throat> and uh, uh, additional staff across the province. And we announced that as part of budget 2022. Um, we are also using you know a recent agreement that we've uh, AHS reached with UNA uh, provided funding to be able to attract and and uh, uh, and retain uh, nurses in uh, in rural areas. Uh, so all of this work is. Uh, continue to move forward. We are having success in terms of, uh, of attracting internationally trained nurses and, uh, and internationally trained doctors in a number of these areas because you need both of the staff to be able to open those services uh, up. Uh, and we're going to keep working away at it. But again, you know, the challenges in finding uh, uh, rural healthcare professionals uh, is not new. It was there uh, prior to COVID. COVID exacerbated it. Uh, this is something that's impacting all provinces uh, across the country, uh, and we're going to continue to, you know, long-term uh, train, uh, leverage the scope of practices uh, of, of individuals that are already working in those areas to the greatest extent possible, uh, and then uh, move people around to where we need it and provide the incentives. And uh, stay tuned because we'll be uh, uh, more will be coming when we announce our our broader health human resource plan. Thank you, Alex. Now, operator, could you put through the next caller, please? Bill Kaufman, Post Media. Yes, uh, Minister Kaufman, um, uh, you've given us some numbers of uh, you know, physicians who are coming to the province um, in recent years or last year. Uh, I'm just wondering, do you have a number of you know, physicians that are needed right now in Alberta? Yeah, we're, we're, we're continuing to do that work. What, one of the challenge associated with that is that, you know, it, a, um, the number that is required depends on, um, you know, how much the, uh, the doctor is working in their panel of patients, right? Uh, and, you know, some doctors are, and, and, and which is, um, uh, you know, rightfully so, you know, they've reached that time that, you know, they want to actually reduce down to, uh, you know, two days a week or, or three days a week, and that's, you know, they're at that point in time in that career, and, that, and that's perfectly fine. Um, so, so it's a combination of not just the number of doctors that are need, um, but the, uh, you know, the size of the panel of patients. And it's also how this delivery model is, is, is provided. You know, one thing that we look at, you know, this is why we're, you know, I'm personally very excited about moving to a, uh, you know, more uh, alternative methods of pay. 
uh, like a blended capitation model, uh, which is a team-based approach um, and where we have some examples where we have a number of family physicians working with nurse practitioners and, and physician assistants that can provide uh, the care that we need, uh, primary care that we need to broad set of patients. So it's not just about the number of doctors. Don't get me wrong, we, we, need, we need the doctors, but it depends on the model. And we have a commitment as part of the AMA agreement to, uh, to fine-tune that model and then expand that model uh, across, the, across the province as well. So um, we are continuing to do work on terms of, of, of what we need. We know we need more, quite frankly, and we know we need them long-term, and we need them in areas and rural areas. So that's why this announcement is so important because that's going to actually help us get there. Um, but in, in, in terms of the exact number, we're, we're still working on that. But you know, as we're actually doing the assessment, it's going to be dependent upon um, the models that are that are uh, rolled out there. Um, we're going to continue to attract uh, to make sure that uh, people can get the service they need where and when they need it. And a follow up. Yeah, you, you mentioned that um, last year, 254 physicians came to Alberta. How many of those? went to rural areas. Yeah, I don't have that exact number with me, but we'll uh, um, uh, contact my office and we'll, we'll get that exact number to you. Thank you. Uh, operator, can you put through the next caller, please? Bob Weber, Canadian Press. Hi. Um, not sure who to address this, but I'll, I'll just throw it out there. And uh, if whoever answers could identify yourself, that would be great. Uh, it's not clear to me what we're talking about. Are we talking about setting up satellite medical schools in these communities or increasing the amount of residency programs in uh, their hospitals? Or just what are some of the options that are going to be million dollars? Sure, yeah. Thank you for the question. Um, and I think the short answer is... Um, um, I'm sorry, who is this? Yeah, um, I think the the short answer to your question is um, is, is is a little bit of the uh, of the of the above, a little bit of all, um, and I think that that's precisely you know what the dollars are being are being allocated for. The dollars are being allocated to to conduct this exploratory work, to conduct the the feasibility of establishing these rural um, health training centers, and to explore. Um, you know, how that would work, what that would entail, what kind of, of um, training opportunities would be available. The vision, though, is that uh, physician and other training opportunities, um, at nurses and, and others, be available at the centers. But, uh, of course, that's something that needs to be explored, and that's why we have to do the, the exploration uh, and the feasibility uh, assessment, which is uh, precisely what the dollars are being used for, to help uh, start that conversation. Well, I, of course, the conversation started, but to help uh, deepen the conversation, to get some uh, more details and and bring a more comprehensive proposal uh, forward to government uh, very shortly. Uh, of course, I'm sure uh, perhaps the deans uh, might have uh, some more in-depth uh, commentary to add to that. Um, I'm not sure if they wanted to add anything further. If not. Sure, one moment. Sure, Todd Anderson from the Cummings School of Medicine. I think it's an important question. If the model of providing rural and distributed care was well-established and thoroughly studied, then we would know the best way to do it. There's many examples across the country, and so we're going to collaborate with our uh, other medical schools and our deans of different models that have been looked at. Some of them are standalone medical schools, some are satellites, some are networked uh, where you have students, and some are just these training hubs. And I think it would be a little bit early to say which is the best model at this point, but we're going to learn from new things that are being done in our other provinces as they tackle this uh, issue as well, and we're going to consult widely to figure out what the best model is. At the end of the day, trying to keep people having as much of their training closer to home uh, is something that we're going to strive for, but the exact model to be determined. And was there a follow-up? Uh, there is. Who was the first person to answer my question? Minister Nicolaides. Thank you very much. Perfect. And operator, could you put through the last caller here? And thank you to everyone who stuck around. Janet Prince, CBC. Hi there. Uh, back to Minister Copping. 
I think we can agree that the Environmental Public Health Program of Alberta Health Services enforces Alberta's Public Health Act. Ezra Levant's letter of October 25th suggests that the Premier ask you, not the Justice Minister, for an update on those investigations. So for AHS investigations into public health violations, what actions did the Premier's office request that you take and how did you respond? Uh, I'm, my apologies, I'm going to have to get back to you on that one in terms of the, the uh, because I, my understanding is that the prosecution of, of that is through the courts and it's not through AHS. And did you have a follow-up, Janet? I do. Uh, about health regulatory colleges, which are also, like the College of Physicians and Surgeons, also under the health minister's purview, not the justice minister. So what action has the premier's office requested that you take with respect to any College of Physicians and Surgeons investigations and how did you respond? Yeah, the Premier didn't ask me to take action in, in that regard. There, you know, was a request for information, but again, I'm going to have to get back to you on that detail. Thank you, everyone. That'll wrap up our Q&A for this event. Uh, thank you very much. Have a great day.